it was getting shallower and shallower, and I can remember saying to myself, I am dying. And then his blood pressure dropped. And I looked at the doctor and I said, what's wrong with him? His heart stopped. And he says, well, we need to intubate your husband right now, or else he could die. And then we start doing the chest compressions. Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria. He was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life and life abundantly. And I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was, everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent. It can move. You know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me. You know, I'll tell you the truth. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth. I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, 
You know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in, and it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was going to follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage, and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait, because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there, what did I need you here? And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise God. Amen. Fantastic. What an, what an awesome testimony uh, he has, and he is going to be sharing with us this morning. Um, he's a good friend, a co-laborer yes. in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to shut up. Brother Dean, would you please bless us with your testimony and the word of God? Come on. Let's give Dean Braxton a great welcome. In Jesus' Thank name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Richard and Pastor Nancy, for having me um, to be able to share with you. One of the things I do um, with this, uh, this story or this testimony is I always let people know up front, it's not my testimony, it's Jesus. I just laid there. He did all the work, you guys. <laughs> so a lot of times we'll say and we'll make it our time. It's really his. He's the one that did the work for it. We're the ones that just receive it. Now, I get the privilege 
of going out and sharing with people and letting people know how great my God is. That's all a testimony is. This morning, I am going to share, and as I share, I'm also going to give you scripture. And the reason for that is because what I experience trying to explain in the five senses is very hard, mainly because I can tell you what I saw. I can tell you what I heard. I can tell you what I felt, but I can't tell you what it smelled like, and I can't tell you what it tastes like mainly because here on the planet, whether you realize it or not, you're smelling something in the air all the time that's not in heaven, and it's called death and decay. Everything around us is falling apart, and we're smelling it. A lot of times when we go into a hospital, most of us don't like going into the hospital because of the smell or a retirement home. Well, there's another place we don't like to go, a lot of us, but we go because we have to, and that's called an outhouse. I'm letting you know right now what you're smelling in that outhouse is death and decay, you know. Well, in heaven, there's no death and decay. So to get the fullness of the fullness of heaven, you have to have that smell or that taste. So this morning when I'm sharing with you and I give you a scripture, if it pulls on your heart, go and look at that scripture because God wants to show you more. He just doesn't want you just to hear what I'm saying. He's saying, I've got more for you. You know, one of the things that I love to share about is that video, you know, that was put together by the 700 Club a few years ago. I use that video a whole lot uh, in your state, in the state of California. When I'm ministering in the schools, I'll bring that video and I'll show it to the kids um, that I'm, I'm ministering to, and then I'll take question and answering. Uh, you know, ironically, uh, people are surprised that the schools are opened up there for me to be able to do that. It's usually the Christian club that invites me into the place. And then I, I show that video, then I take question and answering uh, in high schools and junior highs in California because God wants California. Oh, somebody better get happy about that. God wants California, you know. So I know some of you may think I'm stuck here. No, you're not. You're called there. Uh oh. That's a whole different story, ain't it? But I just want to share that with you because I want you to know that that video has something in it that I, that I get to share with a lot of people. And that's the doctor that was actually in the room, Dr. Rigge. Uh, he, I used to live in the state of Washington, up by Seattle. That's where this took place. Uh, I, I moved from that Washington to the other Washington. And when I say this, I, I don't know if you really get it, but it's like I moved to a different country. Yeah. <laughs> some people some people are getting it and some people are probably not getting it but the reality of it is that uh, uh it's different around here but when i was in the state of washington dr Rigge uh, was rated in the top 10 doctors in the state of washington and he was rated as the number one patient care doctor so his credentials are very solid and as you heard him say something he said the man was really really dead uh, no matter what I think or, or, or how I try to get past this, I've said it over the weekend, I, I didn't know you could be really, really dead. I just thought you died and that was it. But in his case, <laughs> for whatever reason, he said I was really, really dead. Now, I want you to understand something. This is very important. See, I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as the Lord, Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. So when I died, when I left this body, I went where Christians are supposed to go. You know, it's not unusual. I love saying this part. I, it's not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. That's what happens to us when we leave our body. <laughs> Is that good news? You know, 
I had a kidney stone. If some of you wonder what happened and how did I die, I had a kidney stone that caused a kidney infection. They gave me antibiotics for that. Um, but I was at one that resisted that uh, drug. And so it didn't infect me. And so when they went to do the operation, blast up the kidney stone, they released the uh, uh, poison or the infection into my bloodstream and I became what you call septic. And everything in my body started shutting down or dying. According to the medical records, 29 different things went wrong with this body uh, that, uh, in the sense of dying. Uh, but you know what I God did? Oh, this is good news. This is great news. He healed all 29. He, he healed all 29 and he did not leave a residue. <laughs> I love saying that. Someone says, well, well, he didn't do 100%. What do you call dying? You know, that would make up everything else that didn't die. <laughs> so I share that with you. And I know some of you say, you laughing about your death. But I went somewhere. I went to be with the Father and Jesus. Uh, I have great joy in this moment because of the experience I had. Now, uh, I would say this, I could go more into that. My wife, um, she led the charge for me to be prayed back on this planet. I call her the general. Um, she gave directions out to people how to pray for me. She just didn't say pray. She said pray in this manner. Um, if people came to the hospital, even after I came back, they had me on life support and everything like that. Um, if they came to the hospital, they would see a sign outside the door that said no one comes into this room without Mrs. Braxton's permission. She was vetting everybody that came in that room to see me. The main reason is because if you didn't believe I could be healed, she didn't want you in the room. You know, she said even there were times when people would come and they would have this mindset of doing something. She would listen to them and she'd say, visiting hours is over. <laughs> That's what she would say, <laughs> you know. Some of you got issues in your life where you need to start telling people visiting hours is over because they're not bringing life to you. They're bringing death to you and you need to stop that from coming into your life. The other thing that she did that I thought was great was she get the reports back from the doctors and it was not good reports. You know, here I am on life support. Uh, the, the ventilator's doing the breathing for me. Uh, my kidneys had shut down. So I was on dialysis and a lot of other things and they would come to her and they said because he was out for so long, because he was gone for so long, because he was dead for so long, he'll probably have brain damage. Now, my wife didn't look at them and said, you don't know what you're talking about. She just looked at them and said, it doesn't have to be that way. And the reason she could say that, because she had a God that had a different way. Oh, someone better grab what I just said there. Some of you need to start saying that. It, 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 no matter what anybody else is saying, I'm going, no, go by the facts that Jesus said. It doesn't have to be that way. Somebody out right now, you got financial situation in your life that's really bad. It doesn't have to be that way. Oh, somebody better grab what I just said there. That's for you. Now, I want to read a scripture. And one of the scriptures that I, I want to start off with is John, the 14th chapter, 1 through 6. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, in a way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Wow. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is not a belief system. This is the way it is, whether you believe it or not. 
You know, I share that with a lot of people and they say, oh, that's what you believe. I say, you'll find out because everybody on this planet sooner or later is going to leave their body. I came to understand those that are born again, those that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, those that have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them, they're going where Jesus said we are supposed to be. Is that good news? Some of you got to grab what I just said there because some of you say, I really believe I'll go to heaven, but I'm born again. Doesn't matter what you believe in that aspect. Jesus said, you can. <laughs> you might as well get used to it. <laughs> I laugh about that. You know, because there are groups that I've spoken to, they didn't believe that you go to heaven. They believe you go in the ground, you stay there for a while, the trumpet sound, then you rise up. And I'm telling them, wait a minute, you've got to understand something. Jesus said, you're going to be where he is. You, when you get there, you can argue with him all about it you want. And, you know, most people ain't going to argue about it. Most people are going to be glad they were wrong. The worms, Jesus. The worms, Jesus. What do you think? You know, <laughs> you know I get to share something that very few people get to really talk about, and that is what it's like to die. I can't tell you what it's like to die as a person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can only tell you what it's like to die as a person that does. I get to tell you what it's like to die as a Christian. When I left my body to go to be with the Father in Jesus, I came to understand something. First of all, most of us believe that the body dies and the spirit leaves. No, the spirit leaves and the body dies. Whether you realize it or not, you are not going to experience the of death. Why? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you do not have to do that. Hebrews, the second chapter, the ninth verse tells you that he died your death. It is not just a, a spiritual death, it's your physical death. Oh, that's good. It, the Bible even says it. Faith without works is dead, just like the, the body is dead without the spirit. What does that mean? The spirit leaves first, and then the body dies. Some of you say, well, I was there when they breathed their last. What you saw is you saw that body struggling for air. The spirit was gone. Is that good news? What if they died in a terrible accident? Us that are born again, guess what? It, we leave before it happens. Oh, somebody would grab what I just said there. Guys, we are free. We are free. I came to understand that. So when people ask me, what was it like to die? I said, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> so, you know, that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. And if you read more in that Hebrews, the, the second chapter, go to the 14th and 15th verse. It even tells us that he did it so you wouldn't fear death. So you have no fear of death. And I just want you to understand, you're not going to be there. Your body will die, but you won't die. Whoa, that's good news. I left my body. I went to be at the Father in Jesus. How fast did I get there? To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Faster than the speed of sound. Faster than the speed of light. That's how fast it was for me to get there. Now, I'm not telling you that so that you know how fast you're going to get out of this place. Yeah, sometimes some people wonder, why'd you come back here? Well, Jesus said, no, it's not your time. Go back. That's why I came back. But the bottom line is, you guys, this place got issues, lots and lots of issues. And so I, it, it was one of those things. If Jesus would have asked for volunteers, I would have met you in heaven. I'll be honest with you. I would have met you in heaven.
But the, but the thing I'm trying to say here is this, that here I am leaving my body, going to be with the Father and Jesus. Pastor Nancy, this is for you. For my father said to emphasize this realm or this experience for you. Here I am leaving my body, going to be with the Father and Jesus. And all of a sudden, I see these lights passing me by. And why are these lights passing me by? They're moving faster than me. And they were the prayers that people were praying for me and others. I hope you grab what I just said there. Your prayers were moving faster than me. And how can I measure how fast I was moving? To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Faster than you can blink, I was there. And yet the prayers that people were praying for me and others were passing me by. One of the scriptures I like to point out they even points how important our prayers is, is found in 1 Peter 3.12. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. Your father is up there wanting to hear from you. But if you don't grab that, understand this. In the second chapter of Genesis, it talks about how God made a man. And when he made this man, as before woman was made, he put on that man a mouth and, 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 and a voice. He, put, he gave that man a voice and he gave that man a mouth. And what was it for? Not to talk to the animals, but to talk to him. Your very mouth was created to talk to God. Your very voice was created for God. Secondary, it is everybody else, you guys. A lot of times, we'll use it first for something else than what it was. I will challenge you in this church that the next time you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and ask yourself, have I used my mouth and my voice for what it was created for? Oh, this is good news here. This is good news. Some of you just got freed, you know. The other thing I want to talk about prayer real quick here is prayers don't have a shelf life. There's no expiration date on them. <laughs> Many of you are in that room right now because someone prayed you in there and they could have prayed it generations ago. Where's that found out? If you go to Acts, the 10th chapter, you find an angel comes to a man named Cornelius. And the first thing he says to him is your prayers and your good deeds are a memorial before God. The word memorial means remembrance. God remembers your prayers. Many of you will leave the planet and go to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven, and God will still be operating off your prayers. Is that good news? That's Jesus, you guys. That is Jesus all the way. So here I am, I'm leaving my body, going to be with the Father in Jesus, and I enter in. And when I enter in, everything is right. There's nothing wrong. It's past peace. And I fit. I fit, you guys. I'm not out of place. I'm in place. When Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, that's what he's talking about. When you get there, you will fit. You will not be out of place. There wasn't a place to go over to the side and say, okay, you just came from earth. I know you got some of that stuff still on you. Over there, there's quarantine area. Or the, over here, you got to go into orientation and get some orientation done first before you really enter into heaven. No. Because of Jesus Christ, when I got there, I fit. Everything was right. And I don't mean right according to how I say it's right, according to how Jesus says it's right. I like to say it this way. It was past peace. It was past peace. Someone said, what do you mean by that? It was, there was nothing to be peaceful from. There was nothing to be thinking, oh, I wish I was away from that. Oh, I wish this wasn't going on. Oh, I wish that nothing there was out of order. And I fit because of Jesus Christ. I don't know how else to explain it. And the other thing that happened that I love to say about this moment is 
everything there was glad I was there. I like to say it this way. It's like Jesus Christ went before me and told everything in heaven I was coming. But I want you to understand, he didn't do it the day I was leaving my body or what we call dying. He did it the day I accepted him as Lord and Savior. He announced I was coming when I accepted him. What does that mean? Everybody in that room that's born again, you've been announced. You've been announced. <laughs> All of heaven is looking forward to you being there. Is that good news? If you want to be popular, you popular. Because I'll tell you right now, everything in heaven, every being in heaven knows who you are. And it's eternal. It's not temporal. You guys live in that area where, where you got a lot of those Hollywood stars and, and they come and they go. Many of us know it because we've lived long enough. There's people I can say right now that the young people don't even know who they are. But guess what? In heaven, you are known forever. Oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Now, I could go on and talk about the mountains. I can go on and talk about the rivers. I can go on and talk about a whole bunch of things. But I try to center back on Jesus. Why? No mountain died for me. No river was beaten for me. No, 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 uh, uh, what do you want to call it, atmosphere or anything there took what I had, my sins, and became my curse. Jesus did. I'll be honest with you. Many of us say we want to go to heaven. I'm going to let you know what you're really drawn to. You're drawn to Jesus and the Father. I wanted to be where the Father and Jesus is. That's where I wanted to be. And someone said, well, isn't that heaven? I said, yeah, but you don't get it. Heaven's not heaven without the Father and Jesus. You remove them, you have no heaven. I know somebody said, what about the Holy Spirit? He was on the inside of me. Sometimes we think he ain't there. I'm telling you, he is with you forever. Jesus said through the Holy Spirit, he will be with you forever. I, I didn't get to heaven and he jump out and say, I got to go get somebody else. You know, you know, whether you whether you realize it or not, the Holy Spirit is with you forever. Sometimes we even say, I, I, I want to get closer to the Holy Spirit. He on the inside of you. How much closer can he get? Sometimes people say, I hope he didn't hear that. Guess what? He heard it. He on the inside of you. I hope he didn't see that. Guess what? He saw it. He on the inside of you. All you need to do if you mess up is ask him to forgive you, and he will forgive you and move on. Is that good news? So I wanted to be where Jesus is. So I went where Jesus is, and when I got to him, I did exactly what the Bible says everybody's going to do. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what the scripture said. I didn't go down on my hands and knees because they made me. I went on my hands and knees because I was before my Lord and Lord and King of Kings. I remember looking at his feet when I went down on my hands and knees, because that's what I was seeing first. And I said these words, you did this for me? And someone said, what, what does that mean? I came to realize the only reason I was there, the only reason I was there is because of what Jesus Christ had done. My good works didn't get me in, and my bad works didn't keep me out. It's all about Jesus. My Bible even tells me the good works I do, even now talking to you. It's, I'm going to do it unto the Lord. I, sometimes people get tired of me saying this term when they give me a compliment. Oh, that's Jesus. It really is Jesus. I know it's Jesus. <laughs> you know, He's working through me. Even me speaking right now, he's telling me what to talk about, what not to talk about so that I can move on. You know, He's the one that's directing me. I'm listening to him so he gets the credit. What about your bad works? My Bible tells me this in Hebrews. 
You know, a lot of times people don't, don't realize this. In Hebrews, the eighth and the tenth chapter, he said that when he forgives you, he forgets it. So my bad works, he didn't even remember. I remember him looking at me. Listen to this. I remember him looking at me like I never sinned in my entire existence. Because when he said he forgave you, he forgot it. Now, there's a lot of people around you that, that don't forget it. But Jesus has. And some of them come going to bring it up and remind you. But they're working with a different spirit. It's, it's called the accuser of the brethren. Somebody better grab what I just said. Well, I'm just making sure that they stay humble. Jesus will do that. Most, most people don't realize to really stay humble, come into the presence of Jesus. You be humble. <laughs> you know, but the bottom line is I went before him. And the next words that came out of my mouth were, thank you, 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 thank you. I always say that because someone says to me, couldn't you have said something else? Didn't you want to ask him questions? I'm going to tell you right now, all the questions that are eternal questions that you need to know, you'll know when you get there. And the ones that are temporal questions, you'll never, ever ask. You won't even remember you had them. So all I could do was thank him. There's one more area that I want to cover before I finish. And it's this area here. Jesus was standing really to the left of me around 10 or 11 o'clock. And on the other side of him was my family. Now, this always, I have to stop, even though this happened years ago, this still gets to me when I share this. My family in heaven came to greet me in. They came to welcome me into heaven. And it wasn't just the ones that I knew that I was on the planet with. It was generation after 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 generation, after generation of all those that were my family. They came to greet me in. Somebody in the room, you may be adopted. And you say, well, I don't even know really my family because I was adopted and I don't know really who my uh, uh, you know, biological family is. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When you get to heaven, you're going to have the biological family come to greet you in and you're going to have your adopted family come to greet you in because you've been grafted in. What do you mean I've been grafted in? It's just like when Jesus was on the cross and he looked at Mary, his mother, and he looked at uh, uh, John and he said to John, John, Mary's now your mother. And he said to Mary, John's now your son. You can be grafted into a family. Oh, is this good news? Somebody better grab what I just said. Step parents, same thing. Most step parents don't realize, really realize that you've been chosen to be a part of that family because they've been chosen to be a part of your family. Oh, that's, that's good news right there. But the bottom line is my family came to greet me in. My grandmother Mary was out front. People ask me all the time, they say, what does she look like? I said, it's hard to describe somebody that's out of time in time. Some people say, well, there's 33 in there. No one really knows that because there ain't no time to say there's 33 years in heaven. <laughs> you're in eternity. <laughs> you know, how do you measure that? I can tell you this, when you get there, you're going to look good. And the next moment, you're going to look even better than that. And the next moment, you're going to look even better than that. And the next moment, you're going to look even better than that. You're going to move in there what the Bible calls glory to glory to glory to glory. Is that good news, you guys? <laughs> you, know, you know, so I looked at my grandmother, Mary. The best way I could describe her is this way. She was shiny. She had a big smile and pure joy. You know, Last, yesterday, someone asked me, how did I know she was my grandmother, Mary? You'll know it from your heart. It's like when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses and Elijah showed up, the disciples there knew who they were. It wasn't that they had a picture of them. It wasn't someone describing to them. They knew who they were from their heart. Well, that good news? 
Well, here it is. She was shiny. Why was she shiny? Because Jesus Christ was shining out of her. Why did she have a big smile? Because she had no worries. Oh, boy. You know, and pure joy. The only two examples I have of pure joy is that when you got born again, many of you felt this overwhelming joy. That's what I'm talking about. You that have children, though, when you hold that child in your arms for the first time, remember the joy you had. I would say had because, you know, later on, there's something else. <laughs> I said grandparents. I'm a grandparent. I still have great joy, you know, when I'm with my grandchildren. I have it when they come and I have it when they go. I have a great joy. <laughs> well, so, so here it is, my family. Someone asked me yesterday, what about family members that, that, that you thought would be there that wouldn't be there? I, would, I had to tell them I didn't think all those people would be there. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. You know, I came to know Jesus Christ at the age of 17 in California. I grew up in the, in the Central Valley, a little town called Atwater, if you ever know where that is, by Merced, which is north of Fresno. That's where I grew up at, you know. And we didn't go to church on a regular basis. My grandmother Mary, when I would visit her in Houston, Texas, she took us to church all the time. You know, I really give her the credit for praying me into the kingdom of God. Yeah. But the reality of, I didn't expect all those people to be there. But there was one person I really didn't expect to be there. That was my Aunt Barbara. When Aunt Barbara passed away, I thought for sure she went to hell. And there she was in heaven. <laughs> the only way you get there is through Jesus Christ. So she must have been born again. There's no other way you can enter in but through Jesus Christ. I came to understand something. Uh, I didn't know when she got born again. Sometimes people ask me, when did she get born again? When did she accept Jesus? I said, I don't know. Came to understand something. It didn't matter if I knew. It mattered if Jesus knew. Most of us got to understand this. Most of us got to grab this. It is awful hard for someone you're praying for to go to hell. They have their own free will. They can choose it. They can, they can deny it. But you got to understand something. You sent God Almighty after them, and God Almighty wants them more than you do. He wants them there, you know, and he will give them a chance all the way up to their last breath to accept him as Lord and Savior. My wife, when she worked in the hospital, would many times go into rooms and lead people to the Lord, and their family members never knew about it. I tell people all the time, when you get to heaven, you're going to see somebody you didn't think was going to be there. You're probably going to say, wow, you made it. And they're going to look at you and say, wow, you made it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all about Jesus. It really is all about Jesus. There's a lot more I could share, you guys. I went through this really quick. Each one of these areas that I talked about, I'll be honest with you, could be a whole sermon in their cells. You know, but this morning, I just felt like God wanted me to give you these things. If I gave you a scripture and it resonated, please go and look up more. God wants you to know more. He wants to show you things. You don't have to have this experience to be able to see the things that I experienced. I'll tell you who helps you to see it, the Holy Spirit. And as long as you have the Holy Spirit, you can see these things. Some of the people in my club the, 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 the ones that have died and gone to heaven and come back don't like me to share that with people because they want to say, oh, we so special. We got to go. No, we just like everybody else. You born again, you going to heaven. 
If you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you have accessibility to all of this information plus, oh, that's good news. Somebody better grab what I just said. We are free. You know, let me end with a prayer. I just want to pray. I just, I feel like somebody out there, somebody's out there got healed, physically healed this morning, just by hearing the things that I said. Don't give me the credit, give Jesus the credit, because he's the one that heals, you know. So I, I just want to pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for, oh, thank you right now. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your presence in a very tangible way that people there are not just hearing what is being said, but they're experiencing it. Father, I thank you right now. You've opened even the eyes of some people that, that some of the things that they experienced, now they can say, oh, that was heaven. Oh, that was really you, Father. Oh, Father, you are very beautiful in what I just saw. So, Father, I thank you for that. Father, I thank you that everyone there is being has been called in California to be able to bring that state to you. Wow, because you want California. As I said to the men yesterday, my answer to you when you said that to me was, how can I help? Father, right now, I just pray for Richard and Nancy and the congregation there that they come up with the same words, how can I help? So that they can be placed in the place that they need to be placed in to turn, yes, I see that, to turn their communities around for you. I thank you, Father. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your, yes, your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank everyone for listening to me this morning. Um, I, I, I wish I was there. I'm really animated sometimes. <laughs> I still get so excited about this. Someone said, well, that happened a long time ago. I said, well, I'm getting closer to being home. The closer I get home, the get, getting home, the more excited I get.